1: Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're you're probably right, and it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site, and if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. Welcome to the Ten Twelve, the podcast that covers all ten teams in the Big Twelve Conference and the four teams who will soon be joining the Big Twelve as well. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. Uh, just a little bit of a heads up: we're recording this episode on Monday. Why am I recording on a Monday? Because there will be a baby here before Thursday, so I want to make sure we have an episode to go up that's talking about the things that need to be discussed softball and baseball today yes softball and baseball obviously the softball uh champion tournament obviously the softball tournament will get underway this weekend and baseball is coming down to the end of the season and we've got a huge huge series this weekend and frankly to be honest two big series this weekend for big 12 baseball Uh, so we're very excited today to have two great guests two great guests keith of red raider dugout the best Texas Tech baseball podcast out there, going to join us. We're going to talk about Texas Tech and Oklahoma State and their big series this weekend. And we're going to talk a little Oklahoma and West Virginia, another surprising three-game series with a lot potentially on the line. But before we get to baseball, you know how we start our Thursday shows. That's with softball. And if we're talking softball, my good friend, our softball pro expert, Melina Sanchez, joining us today. Melina, how are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I always say it's the most wonderful time of the year, but this is seriously about to be the most wonderful time of the year moving into postseason. We got Selection Sunday. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Oh,
1: it's going to be so good. And we're going to talk about that, uh, what we kind of expect to see for the three Big 12 teams who will be playing in the postseason, barring a big upset. And let's start there. Uh, We know the bracket for the Big 12, for the tournament this weekend, Oklahoma obviously has the top seed after going and claiming the regular season title. They are 10th straight after sweeping Oklahoma State this past weekend. Uh, I said it on Monday and I stand by it. Uh, now that I know that there are only four heads on Mount Rushmore, haha! <laughs> doesn't matter how many heads there are. There can be four, there can be three, there can be two. Patty Gasso has got to be on there because what she has done at Oklahoma has been ridiculous and incredible. Uh, she is amazing. And this Oklahoma team, look, full credit to them. OSU did not play their best softball. They did not. Not on the mound and not defensively. But the biggest takeaway, and one that's been there all season, but one really finally just watching them the closest I have all year. If you give them an inch, they're gonna make you pay. Like it is it's ridiculous. Like if you make a mistake, they're going to make you pay for it because that lineup is just loaded. There's too many hitters on that team. I they're winning. The national championship this year, and if they don't, it's a flat-out upset. I, I, we can talk about how good Virginia Tech or Florida State or Alabama or UCLA are. That's all well and good. Oklahoma doesn't win the national championship; it is a huge upset for a team that is forty-eight and one this season. I mean, this season is ridiculous. I mean, absolutely ridiculous for them.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's absolutely ridiculous. You can talk about you cannot give Oklahoma chances, and you know, in that in that game, Oklahoma State had chances um a chance you know to win being up two to nothing but then Maxwell goes in, hits a couple batters walks a couple people then has all over the bases juice something you just can't do gives up a grand slam to I mean the home run queen herself Jocelyn Allo so when you're playing Oklahoma you just cannot give up those three bases whether it's hit by pitches whether it's walks or whether it's errors you cannot give Oklahoma any second chances because they will definitely make you pay
1: yeah absolutely that's what happened um they got one loss, and credit to Texas for handing Oklahoma their only loss this season. So, of course, Oklahoma has the number one overall seed. Uh, the tournament gets started on Thursday. It gets on Thursday. ESPNU will have the first game, Iowa State, the four seed versus Baylor, the five seed. This is a, a three-game series that Iowa State won just a few weeks ago. Uh, Melina, who do you got here?
0: Uh, I think I'm going to take Baylor on this one. I think they're over the weekend, their series against Texas, they really built some confidence Binford in the circle was just phenomenal. They beat Texas 17-3. to I want to say that's an anomaly in itself, but very impressive win by the Bears going into Texas, getting 17 runs. So I think I'm going to go with the hot hand and go with Baylor.
1: Uh, yeah, I believe that uh, that's the most runs that uh, Texas has softball has ever given up in a game before when that loss to Baylor on Sunday. I I thought going into Sunday I was going to be wrong with my 2-1 pick for Texas, but I felt kind of good with what Sunday did. I mean, I know you didn't enjoy that, but it's a one-game situation. It's all right. It's not a big deal. Uh, okay, I, I agree here. I don't want to. I mean, Iowa State won that series. I think Iowa State's good. I trust Baylor a little bit more in this spot. I'm going to take Baylor over Iowa State as well. Uh, moving on down for game two. This will be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, so will the late game. Oklahoma State, two seed facing off against Kansas. The seven seed. Molina, who you got?
0: We really have to discuss
1: this one. I mean I gotta but... <clears throat> no, no, we don't. It's yeah, it's no an issue. and I,
0: I mean, look, I don't I I I don't want that to
1: be flippant, but like you're not Callie Maxwell is gonna be game I mean, and really you could probably start Morgan Day. Um and she's pitching, and that's not an insult to Kansas, like Morgan Day is pitching incredibly well. She played, she pitched fairly well against Oklahoma. She pitched in a game that they won against Texas. She pitched in a game where they played, lost to Florida State 2-1 to one on the road. Like Morgan Day has been pitching incredibly well. I think if you're OSU, even if Elish is almost there, I think you just hold her out I, because I, I think that's the right move. So I, I think you could almost start Morgan Day here and, and let her go in game one, uh, and I think you can get that win over Kansas.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I think Morgan Day would be a, a safe bet. She's been started off a little bit rocky uh at the beginning of the season but has really has really been delivering big for the cowgirls as of late so i would think that'd be a smart choice to start morgan day um and then you assume that you face texas right coming up so save maxwell for that bigger game
1: yeah obviously three seed texas facing off against six seed texas tech uh of course texas tech eliminated texas or knocked off texas last year in this tournament, but Texas Tech with an interim head coach. Uh, we had a great conversation last week with uh, with Melina here and Alby Shore of uh, Tortillas and Takes talking about that head coach opening. You should go check that out. Um, I think Texas wins this one. I absolutely do. Uh, so let's move on to Friday for our semifinals game one on ESPNU. You uh, number one seed Oklahoma versus who we have right now number five seed Baylor. Again, I, <clears throat> Baylor played Oklahoma in a couple close games. They had one late that they just couldn't hang on to. But I think Oklahoma's taking this one.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Oklahoma. It's it's postseason for Oklahoma and things are gonna get real serious for them. This is where um things start heating up for Oklahoma. They're gonna they're gonna beat Baylor.
1: Honestly, I think I know at seasons when it gets serious. I think it almost benefits Oklahoma to play a rival like OSU the week before postseason because they, they treat that like it's different than playing like an Iowa State or a Kansas this year. <laughs> Like you're playing OSU. OSU is really good. You're taking that seriously. So they already got a three game series to lock themselves in and hone in on how they needed to be playing heading into the postseason. So I, I think they're already they're 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 ready to go. They're there's they're they're playing their best ball. The, the interesting game here, the one I really think is gonna be an interesting game, is of course Oklahoma State and Texas, based off what we view. That's game two on Friday. That will be on ESPN plus. Uh I Melina, are we are we gonna go different here? Or are you are you going to pick Texas?
0: Yeah, see, this one's really hard for me. Am I going to get the Texas that beat Oklahoma, or am I going to get the Texas that lost to Baylor 17-3? to So I keep going back and forth on this. You know, Haley dulcini has been a great addition for Texas. She's been pitching really well. But then on the flip side, I assume that Kelly Maxwell is going to throw for Oklahoma State, and she is just phenomenal. One of the best pitchers uh, in the country, and she's just awesome. Uh, but then again, Oklahoma State hitting, it's not that great. But then again, Texas pitching, not that great. So I go back and forth. Um, I think Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma State gets the win on this one. Hopefully, Texas is looking for some revenge and can get an upset, but I think Oklahoma State, Kelly Maxwell is too good.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you. I'm going to take OSU. I agree. Look, OSU's bats have been an issue this season. We've talked about that. Um, they struggled. Obviously, only one run against Florida State both games. Though so Florida State's one of the best pitching and defensive teams in the country. Struggled against Oklahoma until Sunday. Got a few more runs, but it wasn't enough. I think OSU should win this game. I think we get a Bedlam rematch for the championship game. And um, look, I'll say this. I'll say in Oklahoma City, uh, not in Norman. I think OSU will have a better game against OU. I think a game closer to what we saw on Sunday in that series where Oklahoma State had a 2-0 lead that they couldn't hang on to. But ultimately, I think Oklahoma um, is winning the Big 12 championship uh, again this year.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna take Oklahoma to win that championship. Uh, during the weekend when Oklahoma State and Oklahoma were playing, I said, "Man, I should have taken Oklahoma three-no because after that loss to Texas, you know that was kind of a wake-up call for them, and, and they're a very dangerous team coming into the postseason. Um, I think they're gonna they're gonna take this one. I, I don't want to say easily, but Oklahoma's definitely the team to beat. Like you said earlier, uh, they're gonna win the national title. If they don't, it's it's just it's gonna be an anomaly. You know, they're just too good.
1: I mean, honestly. It's not. I don't even feel like this is that bold of a take to say, I don't think they're going to lose again. I don't think Oklahoma will lose again. Even when they get to Oklahoma City for the Women's College World Series. Yes, I know there's still regionals and super regionals. I understand all of that. I don't think Oklahoma is going to face a team that will challenge them I wish you could in the championship game but we already saw what happened in Norman for three games. I don't think they're going to see a game a team that will truly challenge them again until we get to to Oklahoma City for the women's college world series. Um and I don't think they're going to lose. Now, they they did lost last year but were still able to win the whole dang thing. But they just, I just don't know how I I don't think they're going to lose again. Like I think they had one loss and we thought that that might be a spot for them on the road at Texas who's who's good. I just don't think they're going to lose again. Like, I think that's how good Oklahoma is. I, and and they're going to be the number one overall seed. And we can quibble over strength of schedule and the number of top 50 RPI teams they faced versus Virginia Tech and Florida State. As long as Oklahoma wins the Big 12 tournament, folks, they're going to be the number one overall seed. If they lose the Big 12 tournament, maybe because they have a second loss, there can be some debate about RPI and Virginia Tech depending upon how they do or Florida State. But Oklahoma's going to get the number one overall seed on Selection and Sunday. I fully expect that um I'm more interested at this point just to see who they send to Norman to serve as three sacrificial lambs.
0: <laughs> that's a that's a nice take there. I like that. um Yeah, Oklahoma's a, a great team. Like I said, that loss against Texas might have been a wake-up call for them. Once they get to the World Series in Oklahoma City, I do think I do, I'm not saying that they're going to lose, but I think there is potential there because they'll face extremely dominant pitching. Say they face a Virginia Tech with Kili Rochard, or they face. Uh, they face an Alabama with Montana Fouts, Arkansas won the SEC. They have Mary Half. Again, if they have to go against Oklahoma State uh, with Kelly Maxwell, uh, pitching is really going to be dominant, I think, in Oklahoma City. And dominant pitching gets you to Oklahoma City. And they face to dominate Haley Dulcini at Texas where they lost. So I think once they get to Oklahoma Oklahoma City for the World Series, they're going to face some real deal pitching.
1: I would expect that uh, D1 Softball's latest uh, field of 64 projections will be out. Obviously later than today, but before – we, uh, before we, uh, this episode goes live, so I, I can't really want to pull up the May 3rd one to talk about, but I, I'll be interested to see who they find out comes to Norman. Uh, speaking of the rest of, or the other two Big 12 teams who will be in the postseason, Oklahoma State, as of recording this on Monday, sitting at number seven in the RPI, they actually bumped up a spot, but that's just because they played three games against Oklahoma, and while they lost all three, it improved their strength of schedule. Now, I do think the fact that Oklahoma State has now lost their last five regular season games to end the regular season is not a good thing for them. Obviously, you don't want five losses, but it brings their total record to thirty-eight and twelve. And I know their RPI is high when you have the number five ranked strength a non conference strength of schedule and you do as well in conference play as they have. but that six and eight record versus top twenty five RPI teams, I think for OSU, if they can get to the final of the Big Twelve tournament. They'll have had another win over Texas to help them out, get get two wins to get there. That'll look better than the 0-5 they've had the last two weeks. I'm just, I'm a little worried for OSU. Could they be a top eight seed? They could. Um, I think what happens in Oklahoma City is going to have a big impact on that, but I have a, I have a sneaky suspicion we're going to see either uh, nine or ten seeded Oklahoma State. They're going to host a regional. There's no way they're not. But the question is, do they get to to host through the supers on their way to the, to Oklahoma City for the Women's College World Championship, or World Series? I hope so, as a as a Calco fan and as a fan of the Big Twelve. I'd like to see both OU and OSU get to host. Um, but it will be very interesting to see uh, where they end up seated on Selection Sunday.
0: Yeah, it is going to be really interesting. The fact that they moved up a spot after those three losses is is a good sign for Oklahoma State fans. I think they win two at at the Big Twelve tournament. I think they'll lose to Oklahoma, but I still think that's good enough to land you to a super regional host.
1: Yeah, if you can, even if you lose to OU, if you lose in a in a very close one-run game at a neutral site, not in Norman, I think that will say something. But again, I just you never know with the committee. Um, they, you know, the the SEC and the ACC get a lot of love. Obviously, Arkansas is going to be a top eight seed. Does Tennessee? We're looking at the RPI right now. Uh, Oklahoma's number one, followed by Virginia Tech, Florida State, Alabama, UCLA are the top five. Arkansas at six, OSU at seven. Then Tennessee, Duke, and Clemson run out the top ten. So I think for OSU, they're in a kind of in a situation with Tennessee, Duke, and Clemson. Maybe Northwestern. uh, I believe they won the Big Ten regular season. Maybe that's an issue. Um, So we'll we'll certainly see. There's no one in that collection who's RPI top twenty-five record is, especially per percentage, is significantly better. Northwesterns is at nine and four. Uh, if you want to add the top two to the top 50, look, here's the problem for, for the Big 12 is last year you sent Baylor and Iowa State to to regionals, the postseason play, uh, and they, they they were much better. This year, the, the Big 12, the other four teams are low enough in the RPI. Uh, you've got uh, Baylor down at 60, Iowa State at 62. Um, Texas Tech is at 76. I got to keep going to find Kansas. They're at number 100. Um, they're they're bringing down the RPI for the Big 12 as a whole. They're hurting Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's, and Texas's strength of schedule. If you look at it, OSU's non-conference is five. Their total strength of schedule is 22nd. And 22nd's not bad, but that does tell you OU is going to be fine. For OSU in Texas, you would have liked a Baylor or an Iowa State, or if not both, or Texas like somebody else to have had a better season and be sitting in a position to go to postseason play because that's just going to help you with those wins that you've got. Instead, the Big 12 has not been as good this year. And it's I think it's going to end up hurting OSU in Texas on Selection Sunday. With that said, Texas sitting at number 15 in the RPI right now. They have the number three ranked non-conference strength of schedule. 16th, which is actually the best uh of the three, OU, OSU, and Texas, uh, because Texas got to play OSU in Oklahoma. Sitting at 15th in the RPI, uh, one spot behind Washington, one spot ahead of UCF, a team we're going to talk about here in a second. Lena, how, how do you feel about Texas's chances of hosting a regional this year?
0: Well, I felt really good going into this weekend until that blowout lost 17-3 to against Baylor, which I wasn't too happy about. Now I'm not saying it ruined their chances for a regional, but it definitely did make things a little bit harder going into the postseason at the big 12 tournament, they definitely have to win that Texas tech game. If they win that game against Oklahoma state, like we think they'll play. I think that maybe will solidify them as a lock to, for a regional host. Um, if they lose that game, again, Oklahoma state's a phenomenal team, um, a decent resume. Like you said, the big 12 has dragged has dragged those other big 12 teams down. Um, but if they can have a good showing, maybe a close loss, even a win, I think they'll lock up a regional spot. Um, other than that, it's gonna be pretty difficult.
1: One thing that Texas is not having their favor Is their record against top 50 RPI teams, Uh, top 25 RPI teams? They're five and 12. Top 50, they're seven, 14, and one. Um, That's my biggest concern for Texas right now. And you look around them. I mean, Washington's at 14. uh, They're 18 and 12. A UCF who's sitting at 16 is what 13 and 11. Uh, Oregon at 17 is 11 and 16. Notre Dame at 18 is, having to do math quickly, I don't love it, uh, 12 and 9. So the problem for Texas is that's a, it's a really rough record against the top 50 RPI. Uh, my my big concern is that spot in the RPI at number 15, with that record against top 50 RPI teams, uh, I, that's my big concern for them, is that they get it passed by UCF or in Oregon and Notre Dame, and so they're sitting there as, you know, that, that first team out from hosting or second team out from hosting. I do think, I, I, here's my situation. My concern is that I don't think OSU at, can be a top eight seed and Texas can host. I think the winner of that game is going to feel better about where they want to be on Selection Sunday and the loser of that game, potentially that matchup, um, is, is going to really be sweating when the, seed, when the host schools are announced.
0: Yeah, definitely. RPI was a really big issue. Not a lot of wins against quality teams. I mean, taking that loss to an unranked Baylor was just not good for their resume. It wasn't even good enough to begin with, but that has been a big issue all year. Yes, they beat Oklahoma. They swept LSU, have a winning record against Louisiana Lafayette, um, but we'll see if that's enough.
1: So we mentioned UCF, I want to talk about them for a minute. Future Big 12 member, uh, probably by 2023, the 2024 softball season, uh, based off of what we're hearing. Uh, UCF, Winning two, uh, the three-game series, 2-1, to over Wichita State and claiming the uh, American regular season championship. Congrats to them. Of course, we had uh, their head coach here on the show just a few weeks past. was a fantastic guest. If you want, go back and check out the interview. Uh, I'm very excited about UCF joining the Big 12. Uh, I think the momentum that they have is is, is great. Uh, coach uh, Cindy Ballone. It's fantastic. She's building a program there. She's she's wonderful. Um, and I think UCF continuing to climb, potentially hosting a regional this year. Uh, it's just good signs for the future Big 12. But they are going to host, they'll uh, they'll wait till day two, kind of like Oklahoma, and face the winner of the uh, number four seed Houston, number five seed Tulsa. Houston, of course, is the uh, one of only two conference losses they had. They had one loss to Wichita State, then one loss to Houston, which is not a great loss. Uh, they'll face the winner of that series. Wichita State, the two-seed. will have to get through Memphis and then the winner of South Florida and East Carolina. Look out for South Florida, who's the three-seed. Um, South Florida's quite good. That is, that, is a, that is a solid program this year. I think the American is good enough with UCF, Wichita State, and South Florida. They might actually get three teams into regional play. UCF is good enough. They might get to host. Hold on. I want to pull up everyone's... Uh, uh, RPI real quick so UCF as you mentioned is number 16 in the RPI Wichita State is 37 USF is 39 I'm, I'm feeling pretty good that all three of those teams are probably going to be in regional action this summer or this summer in just a few weeks I mean Molina just off the top of your head who do you think wins this American uh, tournament UCF Wichita State or or USF or somebody else
0: yeah, you know I'm gonna roll with with UCF. They they swept, uh, if I'm not mistaken, South four to three to nothing. Um, like I brought up earlier, pitching, pitching wins you a lot of games, and uh, UC, uh, UCF has phenomenal pitching with they Wodall. Their uh, staff ERA two point two zero staff ERA. So pitching wins you big games, and uh, they have a couple pitchers on their on their on their staff that that are good enough to take to take you, especially in a tournament like this. So Wichita State, obviously they have all those home run hitters. I mean they got six. Wichita State has six kids on their roster that have double-digit home runs. They're extremely powerful hitting team. Wichita State's pitching is just not very good. They don't they don't really do it for you. They have a 4.05 staff ERA. So I'm gonna roll with the hot hand with UCF and with their pitching and how their offense does it collectively. There's no one really that you know stands out has a bunch of home runs or a bunch of RBIs or whatever. But you know Jada Cody hitting 352, 11 home runs, 61 RBI. She's the, she's the one that makes that team go, like I said, phenomenal pitching. So I'm going to roll with UCF on this. We talk about resume, right? They have extremely quality wins. They have wins against Georgia, Texas, Texas tech, Ole Miss, Iowa state, South Carolina, Virginia tech. So they're beating these big time quality big 12 sec opponents. So UCF, they they have a case to host a regional, I think.
1: I think if, if UCF wins the American tournament, um, and is able to, to knock off a Wichita State in the championship game again. I do think UCF is going to be sitting, look feeling pretty good on Selection Sunday. I would be very disappointed if they are not hosting over, you know, an LSU who's who's okay, who's fine, uh, a, a Georgia. I, I feel. Uh, Notre Dame, I feel good that if UCF wins the American tournament after winning the regular season and having his, the, the quality season that they've had, that they should feel pretty good about getting to host a regional, which would be, which would be great. Uh, I'm, I'm very much hoping for that to happen. Like I'd love to see OU, OSU, uh, Texas, and UCF all hosting regionals this year. That would be, that would be very good. Very similar to uh, to Cincinnati make the playoff. And I know the Americans celebrating that, but as Big 12 fans, we're pretty excited about Cincinnati from a football standpoint. We're very excited about UCF as a softball program, uh, no matter what uh melina you are awesome we're obviously going to be very excited to see what happens this weekend i know you'll be watching as well as myself uh are you gonna you're gonna be on on twitter sharing some thoughts while while you watch
0: i might be yeah I, I could do that that sounds like fun okay okay
1: so melina's gonna be sharing thoughts you can follow her on twitter and see what she has to say at melina sanch four that's m-e-l-i-n-a-s-a-n-c-h the number four uh lena our, our time together is almost coming up i'm not I'm not going to delve too far into that yet, but this has been a lot of fun. I'm very much, very much, very much looking forward to regionals. As I've said, Uh, baseball and softball regional action is, uh, it's not March Madness, but it's not as far off from that as I think most people realize. You should give it a shot. Very excited to see the games this weekend. Uh, Lena, I know you are too. Uh, We have, like I said, we got baseball talk coming up. Previewing Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, a huge series this weekend. And we're going to talk some Oklahoma, West Virginia, and why that is a series. If you are a Big 12 fan of a team hoping will win the Big 12 regular season, you should be paying very close attention to what happens in that series. We've got that interview coming up next.
2: This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by my brother, Jeremy J.N. Phoenix. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We do the Raspy Voice Kids podcast If you love West Virginia University, you will love our podcast. If you don't care about West Virginia University, you will love our pop culture segment. It begins every single episode. You can join in the fun anytime, anyplace. Get at your boys.
1: Oklahoma State fans, you have plenty of reasons to be excited about this weekend. Not just a huge series against Texas Tech, but Friday, the home field apparel Oklahoma State refresh hits the, I guess, digital shelves? HomeField Apparel's Oklahoma State Refresh popping out on May 13th. That is Friday. Make sure you know the promo code to save 15% off your first order. That's Network 12. N-E-T-W-O-R-K 1-2. I know what the new shirt is. I think you're going to like it. I think you're going to want one. The timing of it's perfect. Of course, it joins the other Oklahoma State Apparel that they have at HomeField Apparel. I wouldn't say just get one shirt. I would say get a few things. I'm Personally, a big fan of the Pistol Patty shirt. Oklahoma State, one of the more than 100 schools available at Homefield apparel with the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will ever find. Schools like Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, West Virginia, Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and UCF. Are just incredible, incredible stuff. They just did a Purdue refresh with some Purdue joggers. I will buy things with a train on them. They're freaking awesome. Okay? Homefield apparel. The home of the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel. The good brand on Twitter. Make sure you're following them. Big news: Saturday season four starts soon. Arkansas is the week one release. I live in Arkansas. I'm married to a bunch of Arkansas fans. I watch Arkansas. Yes, I will be buying something with Wu Pig on it. Homefieldapparel.com. Promo code NETWORK12. Gets you 15% off your first order on whatever you want at Homefield Apparel com. Go shop now in time for the baseball and softball postseason, or just make sure you have everything you need before football season gets here sooner rather than later. Homefieldapparel.com, home of the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will ever wear.
0: Current and former athletes, members of the athletic department, and of course the best fans in the country all make up a very special group we like to call the Cyclone family. Join me, Jamie Steyer-Johnson, as I bring you closer to the people that make Iowa State unique each week on the Cyclone Family Podcast. Some names you may know, while others may be new to you, but one thing's for sure, this is one family reunion you won't want to miss. Each week on the Cyclone Family Podcast.
1: We have a huge baseball series this weekend in Stillwater, Oklahoma State playing host to Texas Tech. Uh, Oklahoma State sitting atop the Big 12 standings, currently at 13-5, Texas Tech at 11 and 7, uh, just two losses back. TCU at 13 and 8. Oklahoma also at 11 and 7. West Virginia at 10 and 8. And Texas 11 and 10. But uh, we're going to go ahead and count them out and say there's there's five teams vying for the Big 12 regular season title. I'm um, including West Virginia to just because they're not mathematically eliminated. Technically Texas isn't either, but I don't want to. No. Uh, <laughs> feel pretty good about saying one of OSU, TCU, Texas Tech, or Oklahoma, which is a surprising. Surprising development. We'll win the Big 12. Uh, it felt like three teams, then four teams, then four teams. And five. It's been a crazy end of the season, as we have been saying over and over again. Very excited, but this series this weekend is one of is the big one. There's one more we're going to talk about as well. Uh, every year I try and get this guest on because I think he's fantastic. And if we're going to talk Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, it was the perfect opportunity to do so. Very excited to have Keith Patrick, uh, one of the hosts of the Red Raider Dugout, the Texas Tech baseball podcast, joining us back here on the Ten Twelve. Keith, welcome back, man. Hey, thanks
2: for having me, man.
1: It's been too long. I know we tried uh, earlier in the year, and and I feel like seriously, every time we've done baseball the past couple weeks, uh, talked more about it, and I keep saying the same thing: like this season feels like it just it just went by so fast.
2: I know every year feels like it's kind of like that. We wait forever for it to, you know, for it to get here. And we sit in fall ball and fall ball ends in November and we're like grabbing the screen and yelling, no, you know, we have to wait so long and then it gets here and it just absolutely flies. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, and, and the whole time I'm just like, no, we
1: have time to talk. No, we have to, Oh, it's we're 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 at the end of the year. We need to actually, mm-hmm. you know, talk a little more baseball. So, yeah. I mean, at least we're doing it at the right time. We're getting to the end of the season. It's been crazy. Uh, I'm I'm glad you're here because I've I've got some questions about Texas Tech. This is obviously a huge series. Texas Tech, like we said, at 11-7, OSU 13-5. It feels like the winner of this series is going to be sitting pretty with one weekend to go with an opportunity to to win the Big 12 outright. OSU has the best option, I think has the best odds because they are at home this weekend against Texas Tech, but I I, I think it's it's unfair after OSU lost a home series to, to TCU. Uh, I know Texas Tech has struggled on the road and that's kind of where I want to start. Uh, obviously the the weekend series at Baylor going two and one there helped their road record quite a bit away from Lubbock both at true road games. And a neutral competition. They are twelve and thirteen on the season. It's better than it was just a couple of weeks ago. That record. I mean, what do you kind of chalk up to Texas Tech's struggles on the road when they're 20 and
2: 3 at home? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be totally honest, I I did a a couple of weeks ago, I did a comparison and I put all the stats together game by game, guy by guy, and looked at them home and away. And, I mean, there were some guys with as much as as 150 on their batting average they were losing on the road, you know. And so there was just – the stats were just wild how different they were. I mean, I'll give some of it to, uh, you know, adjusting for competition. You go to Globe Life to open the season, and you go one and two there. Uh, You face some tough teams on the road, uh, and you don't face as many of those tough teams coming into Lubbock when you talk about non-conference series, the Merrimacks and the Kent States and some of that stuff. But, yeah, it's just been – it's been frustrating and it's certainly been frustrating for tech fans. And I think one of the toughest parts of that, the midweeks, I mean, you you lost five midweeks in a row that really hurt that record. Um, as you know, three of those happened away from Lubbock or four of them away from Lubbock. And then uh, in addition to that, um, the just the absolute struggles that you saw uh, again on Sundays and you've seen them all season long at home or on the road, Sunday has been an issue. And I'm sure that's a question too, about, you know, pitching and, and the uh, starting rotation, but I don't have an answer. I mean, I wish I did. I I would imagine just knowing Tim Tadlock, that would also be his answer. Like if we could answer that, we'd make a lot of money. You know, he says that often because there's some things you just can't figure out or turn the right knob to make that work. And, and, you know, it's, if there's anything that has Texas tech baseball fans gnashing their teeth right now, it's, it's Sundays and, and it's a way record. And I mean, it, it is what it is at this point. It just kind of is who you are now.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Sundays. Texas Tech one in six in their last seven Sundays. Uh, in those six losses, they're averaging three point eight runs a game, giving up ten point five. I mean, it's it, they they're not really even close, especially the last few. I mean, Baylor on the road, you lost eleven to seven. West Virginia four to fifteen at TCU on Sunday, three to eleven. Uh, you've had a couple of closer ones, but even at Kansas, uh, five day eight. So. Like I know the road, road home, you know, that that can happen. Texas Tech's got a, a fantastic home environment. Going on the road's very different. Sunday though, I mean, that's pretty consistent. That that to me, I, I have to ask, like how much of that is just your your starting and your and your rotation as far as
2: pitching goes on Sundays? I just think that's what it is. I mean, I don't I don't think at this point you can't just say, well, that's just baseball or whatever. Back in the Texas series, you had two high-intensity games that went extra innings. Both were walked off by the same guy in different ways. I mean, it was just a crazy environment. And I walked out of the house that Sunday and told my wife, somebody's getting blown out today. There's no way that you maintain that level of intensity for a third day. I would be surprised. And you didn't. Tech got run-ruled 12-1 in that Texas Sunday. That was a time where you say, "Ah, it's just baseball. You know, it's just kind of what happens. But then you keep doing it over and over. You've only gotten one Big 12 sweep. And that was against K-State. And you had to walk them off at the end of the game. You know, Jace Young has to hit the walk-off bomb uh, to get that Sunday win against K-State. And so, yeah, I think that's the number one thing. You got Brandon Birdsell and Andrew Morris have been extremely consistent uh, on Friday, Saturday. They've been, I would argue, the best one-two punch in the conference and one of the best in the country. And you just haven't found the answer in a Sunday starter. Mason Molina's a freshman. He's had his ups and downs, lost the job, back in, in and out. Chase Hampton has not been able to come up to that. Uh, Hampton had been your Tuesday starter and had had some really excellent starts and then he gets sick and there's a scratch on a a Tuesday night against SFA and I just did a post on Red Raider Dugout today. A a professor at Texas Tech put together some uh, Bill James game scores on the pitchers and you can see that moment in Chase Hampton's year. You missed the, the Tuesday start against SFA and all the starts after have been some struggles and so They just haven't found that guy on a Sunday that can step up and own the role. And then I think what that plays into what you're seeing from the offensive side, there's a a lack of confidence, whoever you're throwing on the bump on Sunday, whoever it is that day, the team just doesn't seem to have that confidence. They're either pushing too hard or not able to to feed on any energy and momentum. And you're not producing at the plate the way you need to. And uh, so it's just been a perfect storm over and over and over. And I mean, I, I can't, Come up with any other answer um, other than that, and and I am asked all the time on local radio, "What's the secret thing? What's the magic thing that Tim Tadlock's going to do this year?" You know, to give you a little boost, and, and you've had that happen over the years. You've had Josh Young move from third base to shortstop. You've had a DH that that steps up and goes crazy or whatever. And I don't think that exists this year because you can't just pull a pitcher out that you've never seen and all of a sudden say, surprise, we've been waiting on this guy or been holding him or whatever. Um, I just don't know if that magic is there. Now, you can have some guys step up or get hot, but you're uh, going to get really hot to take over a Sunday starting role in the last two weeks. So
1: before we talk about this series this weekend, uh, we've talked with uh, with our friends John and Kyle from College Baseball Nation. We've had Randy Heights on. Um, and, I, and I feel like I'm talking more about Texas Tech kind of sitting on the bubble. I know that D1 Baseball put out their rankings on Monday, and they were still in the top 10, but they were, Texas Tech, from an RPI standpoint, by far the lowest RPI team in the top 10. They were the second lowest in the top 25 total. They're sitting, uh, looking at D1 Baseball's nitty-gritty, they're 47th in the RPI. Uh, if we go by our, our friends at College Baseball Nation CBR ratings, which we really enjoy, they're sitting at 40th, um, and they kind of view the cutoff point of of the bubble right now around that 44 to 46. So, it's it's hard to look at a Texas Tech team in a talented Big Twelve with a 32 and 16 record and an eleven and seven Big Twelve record and say this is a team that won't make the postseason. I don't see that happening. If you have a winning record in the Big Twelve, like you're gonna make the postseason. But for Texas Tech, I mean, that's a low RPI. That is a low CBR. Those are low ratings on a team with the record. And I mean I imagine they're making the postseason. But that can't make you feel good about the situation Texas Tech might find themselves in, in and whatever, whatever regional they're sent to.
2: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think that, yeah, Warren Nolan has you in their live RPI sitting at 46 right now. Um, and really, you've had two midweek games and a home and home back to back against Abilene Christian. And the first game was in Lubbock and walking into that game. Tech needed to go and win six of the last seven to get into the top 16 of the RPI. That's out the window. You lost the game in Lubbock against Abilene Christian. Um, So now top 32 is kind of your best hope, you know, as far as based on the Boyd's world needs report. And so, you know, yes, I think Texas tech is a postseason team. You've got to take care of some business in these next two weekends. I mean, no doubt about that. I think they could certainly miss if things just really fall apart. I'd be surprised with guys like Birdsell and Morris on Friday, Saturday, if things completely fall apart and you still have a ton of offensive pop, Um, but you're playing a really hot Oklahoma state team this weekend. And, and oh, by the way, tech's been on a nine day hiatus for finals. And so haven't played since that Tuesday game at Abilene last week. And so that doesn't help. Maybe that doesn't help you. Maybe it helps you get a little bit healthy. I don't know, but um, I think that baseball is a momentum game and you want to be in the rhythm of things and that you've been out of that rhythm now, or you will be for nine days when you get back or when you get to Stillwater. So, yeah, I think that, um, in my opinion, hosting a regional was was out the window uh, within the last couple of weeks. I just don't really see how that can be possible, what the road would be. I mean, the committee would really have to reach to pull a Texas Tech team in out of the 30s in the RPI, which is a best case, um, and, and bring them into a hosting situation. Uh, but, yeah, if you can at least get a two-seed, uh, but you got to get yourself into a regional that you feel confident in winning. Um, and, and honestly, I mean, what, what team with only two starters feels like they are in a situation that they can go win a regional. I just don't know if tech is that. Uh, and it's beyond the starters because the bullpen almost in total has really been had its struggles this year too. And the bullpen, I mean, you've had some guys up and down, you've got multiple injuries and and it's just thin right now. And uh, I think that there's no secret of that. And, and that last, Abilene Christian game in Abilene last Tuesday ended up being a 16-12 game. It was the longest nine-inning game in the history of Texas Tech baseball. It was four hours and 42 minutes. There were 17 (sighs) pitchers used,
0: and uh, 17
2: pitchers, 445 pitches. And to add insult to injury, um, no pun intended, Texas Tech's closer, a freshman, Trendon Parrish, went out with one out left in the game, pointing at his elbow, and got jerked off the mound. So haven't heard any official confirmation of an injury for him, but it certainly looked like he was. And uh, that just thins you out that much more. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think bubble is an unfair conversation, especially considering the two teams that you're about to have to play this weekend and next weekend.
1: So let's look at this weekend, you know, heading into it. And I look, I'm an OSU fan. I, I put I try and put my bias aside as best I can. Texas Tech not great on the road, as we mentioned, one and six in their last seven Sundays, going against an Oklahoma State team who, as of recording this on Monday, on a seven-game win streak. Obviously, they've got a game at Dallas Baptist on Tuesday. When the time this episode comes out, that game will have done. Maybe the win streak is over, but it's an OSU team is playing really well. They're pitching well. The defense is good, and and it does feel like they're finally hitting the ball uh, better than they have all season at the right time of year. I mean, realistically what does T- Texas tech need to do to try and come away with the win this series, especially when it's hard to say, you won't have to say like, okay, if we're going to win this, we almost have to win Friday and Saturday because we just don't feel good enough about being able to do it on Sunday.
2: Yeah. I, I think that, and I, and I'm going to channel Tim Tadlock a little bit here. Texas tech's got to go in and play their game uh, and you've got to go in and not try to do too much, you know? And it, and it really is, their whole mantra is about going pitch to pitch at bat to at bat, not, looking at the whole game, not thinking about all the things that people like us are talking about. Um, And I think that's part of the key. Don't let the situation get big. Get in there and just do your job um, and focus on, you know, executing the fundamentals. Um, I think Birdsell and Morris need to have a great game. I am of the opinion that Oklahoma State's one of the hottest teams in the country, probably certainly in the top three or four of those. Um, And I think that there's also excellent starting pitching on that side of things. And so you've got some weapons. You can't afford for it to be one of those games where everything goes quiet. Texas Tech has definitely had some big innings through the season, but they've also had some big innings either preceded or followed by three or four innings going down in order, you know, and they've been a little bit streaky even within games. And so I think it's important to get in there and, and do what they do, uh, but you're hundred percent right. And not to keep pounding on the Sunday thing, but I mean, you got a weekend, uh, where you had Brandon Burtzel and Andrew Morris go back-to-back complete games. Um, as far as we can tell for the first time since two big leaguers did it for Tech and Chad Bettison, AJ Ramos, and you still couldn't go complete the final game of that series, you know? And so you really do put extra pressure on the first two days of that series saying, Hey, if we're going to get this thing, it's got to happen today and tomorrow. Cause it's not probably not going to happen Sunday. And so you know, I just think they need to be themselves and I think they know who they are. There's, there's a, it's a team with age on it. They are starting two freshmen in Owen Washburn uh, and Hudson white, but otherwise this team's been around some of them for a very long time in this program, uh, some in other D one programs and transferring here and, uh, or to Texas tech. And I think that the key is to not get caught up in the situation, but I'm sure O'Bright's going to be hopping. Um, And you're playing an excellent team that's very well coached with a ton of dudes that can make it happen. And it's a tall order. I mean, to be totally honest, it's a tall order to go into Stillwater. Um, I think if Texas tech comes out with one win that they've got to feel at least somewhat good about that. I mean, I don't disagree. I I know she's coming off of sweeps
1: of Southeast Missouri state and, and and sweeping Texas and Austin. I know they're playing incredibly well. Um, I, I, but I'm, I have a hard time saying, seeing Texas tech, not win a game here. Um, I wish you'd be able at home that the only big 12 series they've lost so far was a home series against TCU two to one. So I feel like OSU should win this series, but two to one feels like a good pick. It feels like a good guess. I, I would, I would almost pick Friday and Sunday uh, with a Saturday loss for Oklahoma state and a win for Texas tech. Uh, I want to talk to you for a minute about Oklahoma, West Virginia series this weekend, which I think is also big as, as we mentioned uh, sure. the standings in the big 12, Oklahoma at 11 and seven, West Virginia at 10 and eight, both still in this. Uh, and, and the reason, and just to project ahead oklahoma and texas tech close out the regular season uh, with a three game series in lubbock so if texas tech and oklahoma both were to win this weekend you could set up what is potentially a winner take all between texas tech and oklahoma in lubbock whereas i mentioned texas tech is 20 and 3 just to put a little bit more pressure on this weekend for <laughs> texas tech uh I don't know how much you've been able to watch Oklahoma or West Virginia this this uh, this season. Oklahoma going on the road to West or no 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 Oklahoma hosting West Virginia, so you got to feel pretty good for an Oklahoma team that has won three straight Big Twelve series uh, to put themselves in this position. They really kind of they're playing really well right now as well, honestly, uh, except for midweek, not great. What are your thoughts on this on this Oklahoma West Virginia matchup?
2: Yeah, well, and I've seen both these teams live. Um, I did you know of course West Virginia was in Lubbock and, and Texas Tech did take that that series and once again uh, lost a Sunday a Sunday game there and missed the sweep um, but they're a, a solid baseball team honestly tech kind of got all over them that weekend and I was a little bit surprised by it I thought it'd be a little closer tech won 7-5 on uh, Saturday it ended up being a Saturday double header uh, tech won 7-5 in the first game and uh, it felt a little more like a cruise than it really was and uh, or then the final score looks like and then they get all over them 12-2 for the second win but they've got some excellent athletes and then west virginia just you know pounded tech 15-4 in the in the sunday game Um, they can hit they can run Uh, they like to push you running they like to play small ball uh, which i think is is interesting they didn't do that a whole lot i think their numbers are a little bit inflated when you look at uh, the stolen base numbers for west virginia you know they're just massive they lead the big 12 by far Uh, But when you really dig into those, the conference only numbers are quite a bit lower uh, as far as their stolen bases and how much they like to run. Uh, Tech saw a little bit of that. Once Tech kind of shut down the bunting game, uh, West Virginia kind of went away from all of that really for the rest of the weekend in large part. Now, they didn't need to do that on Sunday. But um, yeah, I think that they're hittable. That's the that's the main thing. I think that, that as far as starting pitching goes, they're a hittable team. And Oklahoma is a team that I think can swing it. And several of us were were chatting this weekend, watching a little bit of the TCU series um, and thinking, man, you know, what's the difference here? Can, is Oklahoma hitting well or is TCU pitching poorly? Because they certainly pitched very well against Texas Tech. And I think Oklahoma can just swing it. And I think they're getting hot at the right time offensively. And uh, that's going to be really the big difference. I I like Oklahoma in that series. And like you said, um, they're, what, 17 and seven? So yeah, 17 and seven at home. And uh, I think they're getting hot at the right time. And I think that could be a really big one. And Tech's been in this situation before. Um, it was actually, the, it was 2019 when you had Oklahoma State here in the Super Regional. Uh, Texas Tech was in a winner take all, a must win to get the Big 12 championship. I believe it was against TCU uh, because Oklahoma State had a game canceled or rained out that weekend. And so if Tech didn't get the sweep or get the series win, then by winning percentage, Oklahoma State was going to win the conference, something like that, if I remember correctly. So, you know, you've been in this situation before with, a, you know, maybe a couple of these guys that are still around, but it certainly makes things very interesting. And I think it also speaks to just the parity in the Big 12. I mean, it, it's an excellent baseball conference. It still is, even in a weird year across baseball where you've got a couple of, of elites and then everybody else seems to be kind of and just pound on each other.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tennessee and Oregon State going to be very interesting. Um, I mean, at the end of this, it, it sets up a really big weekend for OSU and Texas Tech this week. I'm, I'm very excited for yeah. these three games. And, you know, and, and as I said, if Texas Tech and Oklahoma can get their wins this weekend, it sets up a huge matchup in Lubbock for Texas Tech. And if you're a Lubb- Texas Tech fan, I mean, yeah, Oklahoma's hitting well. But if you're a Texas Tech fan, if you can get out of OSU with a series win, you've got to feel really good hosting Oklahoma at home where you're 20-3 and three on the season. Uh man, I, I do wanna ask you this about Big Twelve real quick. You know, looking at all the projections, OSU looks like they're gonna be a top eight seed to host. Uh, assuming they win out the rest of the season. I mean, if you win the Big Twelve regular season, you're gonna be a top eight team. Typically that's that's the way it goes. Um, but right now you look at a lot of projections, sure. no one else in the Big Twelve is gonna host a regional right now. Uh and as as great as Texas was, uh, the number one ranked team preseason, thirty four and seventeen on the year. They're eleven and ten in conference play. Like they're still gonna get into the postseason, but I don't think you can take a team that finishes just above 500 and have them host a regional TCU per chaps, uh, maybe Texas tech or Oklahoma. Those two teams playing really well. I, mean, I don't think it's Texas tech Texas tech with the RPI. Sorry. Maybe Oklahoma, the way they're playing, if they get this win over West Virginia and, and dependent upon what they do against Texas tech, they're playing really well. I mean, if, if you're projecting right now, I think OSU will, OSU will host a regional. Do you see any other big 12 team getting to host a regional this year?
2: Um, man I would say there's a possibility of Oklahoma I agree with you on that that's a weird year right there I'm just thinking about what that committee room is going to be like when if they're talking about only one big 12 team with a host you know and maybe they do start reaching into the RPI a little bit to pull some teams up because to and and also it's some of it's just logistics they say they don't talk about that but they have to I mean, when you're talking about not having that many power fives, how many SEC teams are you going to pump in there or ACC teams um, to in, into hosting conversations? And how many mid-majors are you going to pull up? And how many of them have the capability of hosting a regional? Like at some point logistically, you have to pull in another team from a Big 12 or something like that. So that does get interesting. I hadn't looked at that and thought about it. I, I think Oklahoma is probably most likely, and I agree with the Oklahoma State's definitely going to host or they should. Um, but I mean, there's two weeks left of, of, potentially crazy. I mean, I'm here for it. Let's watch the world burn. Like I want the bananas to happen. So <laughs> let's make a mess of it. But, um, yeah, no, that's an interesting kind of thought process and I've seen projections. Yeah. I've seen projections, Texas tech in a DBU regional, you know, paired with Tennessee, uh, for a while there, there was a lot of Texas tech going to Corvallis as a two. I mean, it's just kind of, yeah, Lord only knows. I I know that I try to provide perspective because I fall into this myself. You're talking about a season for Texas Tech where they're probably not going to host a regional, but still be in the postseason. And that's the second worst season in 10 years under Tim Tadlock. And you're still in the postseason, probably as a two somewhere. It's not bad. And the worst season was 2015, not making the postseason at all. And so when you kind of put the perspective in, I mean, Tech has lost one conference series and they got swept at TCU if it hadn't been a sweep if it was just a series loss on the road you know maybe maybe it doesn't feel so bad uh, but all in all you know they're still playing pretty good baseball they just have some holes which every team does but their holes you know continue to manifest themselves on Sundays and midweeks and that's really what's hurting and that's what's killed the RPI the Grand Canyons the Abilene Christian getting walked off by New Mexico in, in Albuquerque
1: yeah you know you look at the you look at their record um just 6 and 10 against top 50 rpi teams four losses to sub 100 rpi teams uh non conference ske- strength of schedule ranked at 99th uh, 88th strength of schedule overall it just and that road record i mean i think i do think that that comes into play with with how you look at teams uh looking at the rest of the rpi for the big 12 west virginia currently at 39th uh, tcu at 36th oklahoma at 32nd the only other big 12 team even close as far as RPI to to hosting is Texas at 16, but like I said, I mean they've got three games against Kansas. Uh, they're off this weekend. They'll have three games against Kansas to close out their regular season at home. I, I would expect a sweep there, but I don't, I don't know if if three games at at home against Kansas is going to be enough. I, I think for Texas to have a shot at hosting, they're going to have to probably not only sweep Kansas, but maybe go win the Big 12 tournament in Arlington. We'll have to see how that goes. I, I think I would project one more Big Twelve team to host. Um maybe it's Texas just because they have that RPI as high as it is. They've got they've got a win over Tennessee, uh, which only uh what five other teams in the country have done so far. Mm-hmm. Uh Oklahoma at thirty second, I think, with with what they have in front of them, three games against West Virginia, uh Road I think they've got a game against Wichita State and then the three games at Texas Tech plus the Big Twelve tournament. I would say those are the two teams I feel best based off of where they stand in the RPI, uh and in the conference standings that might have a chance to host a regional this year I, I hate to count tcu out i mean they've they've got plenty of games left to play um but i think two i think two big 12 teams will host regionals this year i think osu and, and i just i can't quite figure out which one will be the second one right yet
2: on the needs report i mean oklahoma has to win out to get into the top 16 if they've got 16 if they have six games left i think they do mm-hmm. um they have to I, win out. So. i think they have seven games left Okay, they have a midweek. So they need three home wins and three road wins too. So they need to come and sweep in Lubbock, and they're going to have to sweep this weekend, uh, Oklahoma, to get to the top 16 in the RPI, which, you know, generally that threshold for hosting is not too deep into the 20s. I mean, their RPI does follow pretty closely uh, with what the committee does. So um, I don't know it's harder for me to say only one team is going to host in the big 12 than it is to say, Oh no, they're going to, they're going to pull somebody else in. They're going to find a way. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. Um, the end of this season is gonna be fun. The next two weeks are gonna be a ton, a ton of fun.
2: Uh, I I was thinking, I, I talked forever when I answered your question about what tech needs to do this weekend. And I was thinking about some individuals and, uh, you know, tech's been up and down in their, in their, batting order as far as a game where the top five are strong or a game where the bottom four are strong. Um, but I think that your, your linchpin there really is in the heart of that order. And I think that Jace young, when I keep saying, you got to do what you do. I think I'm really talking about Jace young, uh, Kurt Wilson, Ty Coleman. I mean, those guys have got to be salty. Eastern morrell has been excellent in the lead off for Texas tech. I was looking before we talked and so text played 48 games. Jace Young has 22 games this season where he has not struck out. Now, not all of those were amazing games, but he was reaching base in them. Uh, One way or another, he leads the country in walks. Uh, He leads the conference in on-base percentage, uh, but also leads in slugging percentage. Uh, So he needs to be excellent. I mean, to have 22 games without a strikeout, I think he's only got three games on the season that are multi-strikeout games. Um, So the guy has been unbelievable while not seeing many pitches at all. Um, but power is really what drives the Red Raiders offense and you got to get um, some long balls going. I mean, I think that's important, you know, for this team. And I, I probably should go back and look and see the record when they hit home runs, you know, a home run versus when they don't. That would be interesting to see. But um, it's an important part of their offense it's an important part of their, I think, mentality and, and momentum is what it seems like. and And they really thrive on it. And so that's going to be important as well, you know, and, and basically everybody in that in that lineup has the, the ability to to go deep some some more than others. Easton Morrell hits an uncanny number of leadoff home runs, game leading home game, lead off home runs. It's pretty incredible. But anyway, he also is on track to beat the uh, Texas Tech record for hit by pitches. So <laughs> you pay if you don't execute. Uh, I feel
1: like if you take that record, there needs to be some very interesting and unique trophy that is awarded
2: you. You know, I was, I started calling him Dr. Plunkenstein. (laughs) uh, I had a, I had a former bullpen pitcher that told me uh, in his days that the bullpen called it, the bullpen called it when you, when you get the platinum sombrero, they call it the astronaut helmet. I'd never heard of that one. So, I mean, the more ridiculous baseball euphemisms we can come up with the better, but yeah, I'm going to stay with dr punkenstein for the moment he's he's squarely at number uh three i believe in the texas tech record book i don't think he can get the record but he can definitely take number two i think it sits at 25 Uh, hbps in a season he's like at 22 23 so he just passed uh, he passed eric gutierrez who was tied with himself from two separate seasons so (laughs) (laughs) some guys
1: just get hit a lot i mean some there, there's some records you want and some records you're like, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I want that one, but if, if I want my name in the record book, you know, yeah. I, I guess I'll, <laughs> I guess I'll go for it. Yeah. Uh, Keith, man, you've been awesome. So glad to get you on the show. Uh, I know you'll be enjoying this weekend. Do me a favor. Where can everybody check out the fantastic work you guys do covering Texas Tech baseball?
2: Hey, yeah, man. I've enjoyed it. Always enjoy coming on. Um, we're on Twitter at Red Raider Dugout. Uh, I'm at Keith B. Patrick. And then we have a website, Red Dugout dot com. Uh, we do lots of game reporting got a couple of sick guys right now that are associated with this program so we're kind of covering that a lot as far as where their their journeys are right now Um, and then uh, I used to have a podcast the Dinger Derby podcast I've been very inconsistent with it I've been really focusing in on covering games live and and writing and things like that with red raider dugout.com but the Dinger Derby podcast you can find us there once in a while as well but yeah we're all over the place trying to keep up with this thing and um also a really fun time of year just keeping up with red raiders and the pros and watching what they do uh had an mlb uh debut this year the second one in the tim tadlock era got a couple more guys that i think are really close as well one's the top pitching prospect in the cubs and caleb killian so uh, exciting to watch those guys and kind of keep up with what they're doing as they move up through the ranks of the of minor leagues awesome
1: stuff Keith, man, appreciate your time again. I uh, look forward to getting you back on the show, hopefully before next season.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, there's some postseason something to be talking about. That would be great. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely.
0: Podcast Network.